That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi there, I'm Laura McGoodwin, founder and CEO of Career Contessa. Welcome to The Females, a podcast from Career Contessa that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice for women so you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. On today's episode, we're getting another money lesson from one of our favorite financial experts, Bola Shakombi. She's also the founder of Clever Girl Finance. She just released her second book called Grow Your Money, Learn How Investing Works. And she shared how to save over $100,000 in three and a half years on an earlier episode that we linked to in the show notes. Seriously, she did it. She shares exactly how she did it. And she talks about side hustles and everything. So if you're thinking about that, definitely listen to her first episode on the females that I've included. We're thrilled to have Bola come back to the females to teach us how we can build real wealth through investing. You're working hard each day to earn your money. So now let's figure out how to make it work for you. Today, we'll be discussing two things, which is exactly what is a portfolio and why it matters to your long-term success and four ways to build a seven-figure portfolio. And now this is The Females. Hi, Bola. Welcome back to The Females. Thank you so much for having me back on. I'm excited. So for those of you who don't know, Bola was on much earlier season. I want to say like maybe season two. And I highly recommend everyone listen to that first episode because you talked about how you saved, you know, over $100,000 in three and a half years, which seems very relevant right now. Not only is that a great episode, but also you guys can just learn more about Bola's background and how she became a financial expert. So I've linked that episode in the show notes. But for this episode, I'd love to hop right into kind of this part two, which is investing portfolios, how we can make our money work for us. So I just want to start with this like buzz term or this jargon that I think is out there, which is like, what is a portfolio? What does that mean? Yeah. So your portfolio is just basically the combination compilation of all your different investments, right? Remember way back when, and I'm going to age myself, we used to have those CD pouches that would have different CDs you could organize them. That was your portfolio of CDs. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Think about it that way. (laughs) Just so people know, like that's because there's a lot of different types of investments. There's stocks, there's bonds, there's IRAs, there's 401ks. And so don't let that word intimidate you because this is all very manageable. It's just like we, they had to come up with some jargon to make it easier to talk about. Right. (laughs) Exactly. So anything you invest in can go into this portfolio, your stocks, your bonds, your your mutual funds, your real estate, whatever that thing is, is your portfolio of investment. I think the million dollar question 
pun intended, is is it re- <laughs> is it really possible to leverage investing to build long-term wealth even on a modest salary? You know, if you're making $45,000 a year or even my first job out of college, I was making $24,000 a year. I was living at home, thank God. But is it even possible to invest when you're making a modest salary? So that is such an excellent question, Lauren, because a lot of people think that because they're not earning six figures or because they don't have a high income, there's no point to invest. But the main thing people want to keep in mind is that when it comes to building wealth, the one way that you're able to do this is by investing your money. Because when you invest, you give your money the opportunity to grow over time. It can earn uh, dividends and it can also grow from the magic of compounding, which over time can equal exponential growth. And so when you have a small income, it's not about, or when you have any income for that matter, it's not about how much you have to invest. It's investing consistently with what you have over time, over years. Long-term investing is how you build wealth. And if you look at a lot of the wealthy people, a lot of successful people, you will see that when it came to investing, self-made people, that they were slow and steady consistently over time. And so even if you're only earning a little bit of money right now, if you can build in a small amount into your budget, take advantage of your employer's investment plan offerings, and just contribute that way, it will surprise you over time how much that money will grow. I mean, we're, we're talking about people who have the time, but is seven figures really possible or building, you know, building a portfolio with seven figures in it? possible if you haven't started yet? And let's say you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, or is it not possible, I guess? I definitely think it's possible, uh, especially if you're younger in your 20s and your 30s, you have this massive opportunity of time, right? You know, even if you're investing five, 10% of your income, that can amount over time to a seven-figure portfolio by the time you get to retirement, let's say you're retiring at 65. If you're older in your 40s or 50s, it really depends on how much catch-up you're willing to play, right? So how much extra money can you put into your investment portfolios in on top of what your normal investing base would be? Or how much are you willing to get started with if you have no investing portfolio? And if you go online and just search investing calculator or retirement savings calculator and you plug in some numbers, you'll actually be surprised when you factor in the average rate of return of the stock market of around 8% and you factor in compounding, um, how much you will be able to save. So seven figures is possible. I will, however, add that. Don't focus on that seven-figure amount. Instead, think about how much do I really need to live every year? What is my quality of life going to cost me? For some people, that might be $40,000 a year, $50,000 a year. And so you want to factor that into your calculations. For some people, they don't plan to 100% retire. So they're okay having, you know, half a million dollars in retirement savings because they know they're going to work or they want to work um, part-time or run their own business even in retirement. So your average retiree isn't just lounging on a beach somewhere, right? <laughs> Doing other things. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, I know. It always sounds great in the beginning. You mentioned something a few times. I actually, I remember the first time I learned about this term, it kind of blew my mind. Can you describe what is compounding interest? Because that's obviously a very key part to why investing is important. Theme idea of just magical growth. And basically what happens, it's your money making money and your money's money making money and your money's money's money making money, right? Yeah. So basically, let's say you invest $1,000 at a 10% interest rate for the year. I'm just giving you a random example. At the end of the year, you're going to have 
$100 in interest. You take that, you add that onto your $1,000, you have $1,100 that then gets invested for the next year times 10%. You take, take that, you add that on. So if you go online again and look for a compounding calculator, you can put in like some basic amounts and just see the potential for growth. And compounding is the beginning because that's your money earning money. But when you add on dividends, which is money that you get paid or money that your money that your investment earns based on how a company is doing. So let's say you buy Apple stock. If Apple is doing really great one year, they may decide to give all of their investors, for example, a dollar for every share that you own of Apple, right? Take that dividend and add it on to your compounding uh, money and that dividend compounds as well. So there is huge potential when it comes to compounding. So I definitely encourage anyone to go online and check out a compounding calculator and just get excited about seeing your money grow. And that 10% you were using in your example is because the average return rate from the stock market is 10%? Well, I use 10% because it was simple math. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. That is fair. We all let that go. <laughs> so the average rate of return of stock market is about 8%. Some years or some windows windows of years, it's about 10%. But I personally don't like to use the 10% number because you have to factor in inflation, which is about 2% a year. So I like to say about 7 to 8%. And then you said something earlier that I thought was interesting, which is, you know, hitting a goal of investing five or 10% of your income. And I know everyone loves these type of questions, which is like, and I'm like this too. It's like, I make X amount of money. How much should be going to rent? How much should be going to investing? And obviously when you're younger and you have time and maybe you don't have as many expenses, some of this is a little easier, but, and I know you're going to talk about it in one of your tips later on, but people can set those parameters. I mean, for some people, it's going to be 5%. For some people it might be 20%, right? But like you can come up with a way to, almost put this on, what do you call it? Like auto, you know, automatically just happens for you. Those are becoming more popular. It's not like you have to hire a financial person to do this stuff for you. This is all possible for the average person listening to this podcast or anything like that. Yes. I mean, the simplest way that you can get started if your employer offers a retirement plan is to start there. And all you have to do is fill out or click some buttons in your online payroll system. And you can designate a percentage of your income, either before or after taxes, depending on what kind of plan they offer, to go to retirement savings. And if 5% or 10% sounds really intimidating, like too much money, start with 1%. And then in two or three months, increase to 2%. And then in another few months, increase to 3% until you get to that comfortable spot of your 5 or 10%. And doing that incrementally gives you the opportunity to get comfortable with the changes in your income. And if it's, you know, if you're contributing before taxes, you probably won't notice a big chunk. It's like a few coffees or like, you know, dinner, a dinner out that you don't do, but that's a simple way. Or you can use one of the really popular platforms like the Acorns and the Robin Hoods, where they just automatically debit your account every month or every two weeks or however you set it up to put money into certain investments. So you definitely don't need to spend tons of money hiring a financial planner to set this up. You can do this on your own, starting with your employer. Mm -hmm. So first homework assignment, everybody is look at what your employer is offering for retirement. A lot of them offer 401ks. A lot of them offer matching. And I feel like a lot of times when you go through that onboarding process, you're like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it later. And you don't. So the homework assignment for everybody is today, put it on your list check out what am I doing with my employer related to retirement and what do they offer and, and double check that. What are the common pitfalls that keep people from investing or growing their money? Because I know that especially when it comes to women, we're less likely to be the investing. So like, what are these pitfalls? Is it mental mostly? 
some mental, some behavioral, like for instance, behavioral is just not signing up for the company 401k because, you know, yeah, I'll do it later, you know? So, you know, that's, and sometimes you can forget because a lot of companies, you have to go on that 90 day probation before you can qualify for it. Um, So it's as simple as setting a calendar reminder. So that's one way. Another pitfall is just being afraid of investing because you see the stock market going up and down. You don't understand what it means. And the way to counter that fear is to get educated to understand how the stock market works and also to understand your risk tolerance as an investor so you can know, am I conservative? Am I aggressive? And then find the types of investments that fit assessment so that you can sleep well at night. Another one is, you know, as crazy as it sounds is taking stock and investment tips from Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Don't do it, right? Just because you see the influencers doing certain things doesn't mean it's going to work for you, especially if you don't understand what they're investing in. So it's coming back to what are my goals? What are my objectives? You know, like what is my risk and not just taking hot stock tips on the internet. And then I would say emotional investing, right? A lot of people, especially when it comes to money, we wear our emotions on our sleeves. Oh my God, the stock market is crashing. I need to sell, sell. Oh my God, it's going high. I need to buy, buy. Yeah. But it's just really getting focused and coming back to your objectives. Why am I investing? What is my timeline? When do I need the money? If I don't need the money for 20 years and the stock market is crashing now, you know, I can buy more. It's a great sale right now because I have time for the, for the market to recover and, you know, for my money to grow. I love that you said that about Instagram because I feel like, especially right now during COVID where the stock market's been doing really well, but all of us in real life are like, what, what's happening because we're not doing that well. And it's like, but then you see the Zooms and the Teslas and the Apples and the Amazon, and it makes you it does make you anxious. You're like, Oh my gosh, is everybody like getting, getting rich or should I buy this stuff? And then you mentally block yourself. <laughs> I'm speaking from experience. Cause you're like, wait, this is really expensive. You, like you just constantly feel like there's a mental jungle gym that you have to like go through in order to decide what to do. I think sometimes, and you're right. The social media, I think can just talk about compounding, it just compounds that anxiety a little bit too. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just to give some people some context around the economy seems crazy, but the stock market is flourishing is, you know, when you really think about the U S economy, it's very much based on small business and the stock market, you know, the thousands of companies traded on, there are very much based on big, massive corporations with billions of dollars, right? Your average small business doesn't have billions of dollars. And so what happens is that typically in a recession or an economic downturn like this one, you know, small businesses are struggling. It takes a while for the big corporations to catch up because it has to trickle down. And obviously with everything that's happening, stimulus checks, student loan deferrals, PPE, we're, we're seeing that delay now. So the yeah. stock market is kind of in its own world. <laughs> so don't be anxious, you guys. Just give it, give it a little time. I mean, I think uh, one thing I've learned in life is like actually the hardest thing is staying focused and not getting distracted. The older I get, the more I'm like, you know, it's really hard picking a goal and sticking with it. You know, it's, it's so easy to get distracted. One last question before we get into your tips is if you've lost your job because of COVID, the cash that you have in your account is super, super valuable right now. Should you stop investing? Is there a time where there's like a priority level where it's like, I've got debt, maybe I've got student loan debt, some credit card debt. I lost my job, but I also still want to invest because of retirement. Like what order of importance would you do those things in? Yeah. So You know, that's also a really great question. And COVID is just unprecedented, right? We've not experienced this before. And so you really want to think about what is most pressing now, right? If you don't have emergency savings, you're going to be struggling to pay your mortgage in a couple of months. 
then it's okay to stop investing until you figure things out, you get back on your feet, you get your income, and then you can start investing again. Because keep in mind that investing is for the long term, but life is happening right now. So don't feel guilty or ashamed because you're pausing investing to survive in this season, right? Uh, when it comes to priorities, you know, like we talked about earlier, the average return on the stock market is about 8%, right? So if you have debt that's like 24.99 or 20, you know, 29%, then it makes sense to focus on creating a, a plan and aggressively paying down that debt, which in, in those high interest rate areas is typically credit card debt. And then shift your focus into investing because if you're making 8% here, but then you're taking and paying it to 24.99% on the credit card, you're really losing money. You're not earning anything. You're just in different places. Yeah. So I would definitely tell anyone who is going through a work transition right now, it's okay to pause investing, find a new job, start your side hustle, find the part-time job, get back on your feet, bulk up your emergency savings so that you can weather a storm if it should happen again, and then get back to investing. Okay. So second homework assignment for everybody is go look at what the interest rate is for everything that you owe money on. If you have a mortgage, what's your interest rate? If you have student loan debt, what's the interest rate on those loans, car loans, credit cards, go through and just look up the interest rate of all these things because that can help you prioritize. And as Bola is saying, some credit card debt is like 25% that you, the interest that you're paying. And so you basically always playing catch up. So that was, I know for me, something when you're thinking about how hard you're working at work to make that paycheck, let's try to be really thoughtful about how we keep the majority of that cash. Because, you know, I know we get a lot of questions about like, how can I ask for a raise and asking for a raise and all that stuff is great. But remember asking for a raise has nothing to do with the fact that you have credit card debt. That's not going to go well with your employer, <laughs> you know, like, Hey, I have a lot of debt. And so I actually need to make more money. We want to fix these, these challenges first. Okay. So up next, Bola is going to share four ways that you can start building a seven figure portfolio. Let's take a quick break so I can tell you about Issue. It's exhausting work for many, and that's where Issue comes in. When you've created something amazing that you're ready to share with the world, there tend to be last minute details that hold things up. When you have an important story to share, Issue is the all-in-one platform designed to remove complexity and help you distribute beautiful, eye-catching digital publications. Simply upload your PDFs and files and Issue transforms them all on its own. You don't have to have any technical skills using your vision. With Issue, you can create your content once and distribute it everywhere on all the different platforms. Everything is optimized to post on your website and across your social platforms. That's right. This is the last time you have to sift through complicated file names like final underscore final underscore for real for Facebook <laughs> JPEG to find the asset you need. And all of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You have all these different files. You got your Facebook, your Twitter, your LinkedIn, your Instagram. You don't have to do that with issue. They'll do it for you. Plus you can get started with issue today for free. Or if you sign up for a premium account, you'll get 50% off. That's five zero 50% off when you go to issue.com slash podcast, and then use the promo code females. So that's issue I S S U U.com slash podcast. And then use the promo code females at checkout for your free account or your 50% off your premium account. Once again, that's issue I S S U U dot com slash podcast with promo code females. All right, now let's get back to the show. Hi, I'm Dr. Deepika Chopra 
My passion, calling, and job is really all about blending together holistic practices with real evidence-based science to help people around the world cultivate more optimism, success, and resiliency. You won't want to miss this new podcast as you'll get to hear from elite athletes, recording artists, couples, and maybe even my toddler. So if you're into arming yourself with some new practical happiness tools, join me on Mondays for your morning optimism dose. Oh, and don't forget, things are looking up. All right, Bola. So you said that people should start with getting clear on their objectives and timelines. So how do they do this? Do they get an Excel sheet out, a Word doc? It works for your notebook, your paper, your Excel sheet, your notes app, get it out. And really the whole purpose of getting clear on your objectives and timeline is to have a goal. What are you investing for? And well, when will you need this money? Because this is going to guide your decisions about what you buy and when you sell them and how you adjust your portfolio and rebalance it over time. So for example, let's say you are investing because you want to take your family on a trip around the world in 10 years, right? Then you know, okay, I have a 10-year timeline. I'm going to invest my money for 10 years. And when I get to the seven or eight-year mark, I'm going to start making my portfolio more conservative so that I can keep the value of my portfolio So that in the 10-year mark, I have the money to take my family on this trip, regardless of if there's a recession or whatever is going on. The same applies to retirement. So it's really just setting goals and objectives so you know, okay, when do I start to make my my portfolio conservative? When do I start to sell some of these stocks to turn them into cash? Because the whole idea of investing is to be able to achieve a goal that allows you to do something amazing in your life. You're not just investing just to invest and invest just for no purpose. So that's really why it's important to have goals and have a timeline. Yeah. An example of this might be someone who wants to buy their first home and it's like, okay, what type of home do you need? What area do you want to live in? Start getting an idea of how much it's going to cost. What, what budget do you need? Okay. And then think about what's going to be your down payment. What is the down payment they require these days? Is it 10%, 20%? And really getting clear on a goal and then saying, okay, I need to save $50,000, let's say based on what I make and how I do it. My timeline is realistically in three years or four years or whatever. Right. So, and, and you can, you can get clear on how to use investing to help you make that because of these return rates you're talking about. Let's say, so I would just add that if you're investing for anything, if you're saving for anything in the short term, less than five years, it's not a good idea to put it in the stock market because they're just too, it's too short of a time. You can't predict the market. Keep that in your savings account for anything like 10, 20, 30 years out. You know, you can take that 8% and say, okay, and don't forget compounding. So get out that compounding calculator. I want to save $500,000 for retirement or a million dollars for retirement, right? And I'm expecting an average of, you know, if you even want to be very conservative, 6%. But 6% that is going to be compounded on your gains, right, can help you determine how soon you can get to that 1 million and or 500,000. And you put that in your plan. And so that's one way you you can start to think about it. And when you said short-term goals, so five years or less, you can put in your savings. There's also high yield savings accounts, right? That would give you a small return, not big, but like a a little return on keeping money in your savings account, right? Yeah. So for cash, you need right away, you know, your savings account is a great place, but keep in mind that the average high yield account doesn't counter inflation. So the longer you have your money um, sitting there, the less the less it's worth every year. It's worth about 2% less every year. And if you're getting 1%, okay, then it's worth about 1% less every year because you subtract. Um, but the whole idea of having cash is because you're going to spend it soon. 
You're going to pay for the wedding. You're going to pay for the baby things. You're going to pay for the house down payment. You're going to pay for the trip. So, you know, that percentage doesn't matter, but you don't want to keep the money in the bank account for 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. 20 years, 70% a year is a lot of money. Just want everyone to know, like, I'm not a math person. So the, you know, we're throwing out these numbers, but truly if you listen to it, it's not, it's not super complicated because, and also Bola puts all of this in her book. So if you are someone who needs to like read this information to come up with a plan, there's, there's lots of ways to do that. Okay. Let's go into the next tip, which is you tell people to think long-term. So are we talking a few years, 20 years? What happens if you're late to the investing game? I think you kind of did a good job at just answering this where it's like short term is five or less. I feel like medium term is what, 10 years. And then anything past 10 years is, is long term. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, when they think about their life goals, right, they're out into the future. It's what you want to do 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. So when it comes to investing, you want to think long term. And I think that's just really more important because especially for a lot of young people, they think they're going to invest this year and be a billionaire next year. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> you can't invest we wish. Yeah. <laughs> and it becomes a billion dollars in 12 months. And so it's just really that idea of thinking long-term is cultivate patience. It takes time to build anything good, to build a nice house, to build a nice car, to build a nice plane that you can fly in comfortably without being thrown around the cabin. Yeah. I just watched a documentary on old airplanes and how terrible it was to fly them because of the, <laughs> yeah. So that's, but it's all anything worth having, worth doing takes time. The yeah. same applies to your investing. So it's all about cultivating patience and tying your goals into, you know, your long-term objectives, what you're thinking about for the long-term. How often do you check your portfolio? Do you look at it once a month? Well, lately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, you know what? To hell with 2020. I'll check next year. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but Stick your head in the sand this year. <laughs> right. So typically I would check, you know, about every month, every quarter, like really do like a full assessment. Um, but I kind of keep my eye on it. I definitely don't check every day. I would drive myself crazy just seeing the swings. Um, but I check at least once a month, at least once a quarter at most about once a month. I think that's uh, the patience part of this is something we've talked about on the show before. So you guys know that this is it's just hard. It's it's just hard to be patient, not. And I, I think a lot of this is because Pinterest, Instagram, all these platforms have sort of ruined this like mentality of like good things take time. Like you see the person with the, you know, they move into their perfectly done house. Everything is styled and you're like, yeah. And you're like, why is my house? Like, so it can happen from your, your investments to your house, to your outfit, for goodness sake. So I'm telling you, if you want to be fulfilled in this life, figure out how to embrace progress over perfection. Okay. One of your next tips is about research. So what does that mean? Where do people research? What, what are some good resources that you love when it comes to researching? And I assume what you're referring to is all the different types of things you can have in your portfolio, right? Yeah. So I'm referring to that and also understanding what you're putting your money to. So if you think about your day-to-day life, you would not buy a pair of shoes without looking at the size first. You would not buy a dress without looking at the size first. When you go to buy groceries, the bulk of your grocery basket is probably things you have tried and tested before, right? There's like a couple of new things, but most of it's stuff that you know what you're going to get. So when it comes to investing, it's the same thing. If you're going to buy Apple or Tesla, who is the CEO? How have they performed recently? <laughs> right? That's what's, it's what's, important. Yes. What's been in the news about them? Are they rock launching a, an expensive <laughs> rocket into space where nobody lives? 
How much of shareholder money is going into this rocket? It's like simple things that you can get in the everyday news. Um, just understand where you're putting money in. If somebody is saying, oh, invest in this index fund, go on Google and type in the index fund and just read about it. What is its composition? What does it cost? It's getting informed. That's what research is, just understanding. Do not go on Instagram and just follow the next hot shot person and just listen to all they say like it's gold because you really never know why somebody's giving you the advice. They may be partnering with a brand. They may, be, yeah. they may have so much money that they're just using this as experimental investing. You don't have time or money for that. You work too hard to experiment yeah. with your money. So understand what you're investing in. I think too, at least for me, the way I do it is I put, I have a certain amount of money and it's not a huge percent. And I put some of it in individual stocks because those are companies I love, right? I use them all the time. I depend on them and I do it more as like a way to like support those companies. And then the bulk of it, because I'm not super risky is in index funds. To explain that to you guys, I saw this really good metaphor the other day, Amanda Holden, who has been on the show before she had something, it was on Instagram. (laughs) So you're going to hate me, but she was like the difference between like an individual stock is like someone giving you one rose versus like an index fund where they're giving you a dozen roses. You know what I mean? And it's like those dozen roses of the index fund is a lot of different stocks and it's nicely diversified and all that kind of stuff. And for me, the visual metaphor really helped, but I think that you also should be taking into account are you a risky person? Because if you throw all your money into one company and that company doesn't exist in 10 years, that's going to be a struggle. Right. And so like, as you're saying with your research, but also take into account you and, and your kind of your own personalities for some people, they love that. Right. People typically love the high risk. They always have a buffer somewhere. Yeah. They they have a backup plan, a parachute somewhere, you know, that's why it's fun and exciting. Yeah. (laughs) I just don't want anyone to feel like, oh, you can't buy an individual stock. I mean, we're not saying that you definitely can. We're just saying research and know all the options that are out there because you're right. People will be like, oh, Tesla, Tesla or Zoom, Zoom, buy everything in Zoom. And again, like just don't as Bola is saying, don't just listen to this one voice on the internet, go do your research to make sure you understand, because maybe you can own a little piece of Zoom or Tesla and, but it's part of something bigger that is a little safer for the long term. Yeah, you can own anything you want as long as you can sleep well at night at peace and know that you know what you bought. That's it. That's really what it is. I want to take a quick break to talk about Georgetown MBA. Another thing it's never, ever too late to do is continue your education whenever and wherever. If you've always dreamed of going after your MBA, but you didn't want to pause your career, let's talk. Specifically, let's talk about Georgetown. With a Georgetown McDonough MBA, you can take your career anywhere. Thanks to a focus on versatile skills and experience that translates across a range of industries and a variety of roles. Georgetown's collaborative and supportive community of students, professors, mentors, and career advisors works together to help you achieve all of your goals, both educationally and professionally. I mean, come on, that's a pretty good group of people helping you work toward your goal. Best of all, you can complete a Georgetown MBA on your schedule. You can choose between the immersive full-time program or enroll in the Flex MBA, a part-time program that allows you to advance your career without ever having to hit the pause button on your own career or job right now. You can do this in as little as 26 months. 
And just speaking from personal experience as someone who took a part-time MBA or master's program, I will say that you get just as much out of the part-time as you do an immersive program. So just pick the one that works best for you. Explore the full-time and flex MBA programs and discover how the Georgetown McDonough School of Business can help you launch the career you want. Just go to choosegeorgetown.com slash MBA. One more time, that's choosegeorgetown.com slash MBA. And if you've been thinking about continuing your education, highly recommend that you look into this very reputable program. All right, now let's get back to the show. Okay. So your last tip to building a seven figure portfolio, you remind people to adjust and rebalance as life transitions occur, which is very timely for right now. So how can you rebalance if you've had a big transition? Maybe it's a career shift. You had a baby, you moved, you lost your job, anything like that. Yeah. Or, you know, it could even be a divorce or you, mm-hmm. you change your timeline for retirement. It's really just going back to your original goal. So let's say your goal was to retire in 20 years from now, but then you change your mind and you want to retire in 10 years. Then readjusting your portfolio, rebalancing, you just really, okay, should I be saving more money in, you know, putting more money towards this investment? Uh, should I sell some of these conservative investments and invest in more aggressive investments because I have this extended timeline? I want to try to earn as much money as possible. Am I having, you know, am I, do I plan to help my child pay for college? Do I need to open a 529B and then divert some of the money that I'm putting into my regular investment accounts into my child's investment account? So it's really taking, you know, taking time to process or identify every life transition you're going through and saying, okay, how is this going to you know, do I still have that original goal I set for my investments? And if this, if the goal has changed, then how do I need to change my portfolio? And I just want to reiterate you guys, I know this might seem a little overwhelming, but there's a lot of information out there, including Bola's new book that breaks it down for you. So of hearing this in a, you know, on a podcast is like getting you excited, but also you're like, I need to do some more research. That's a good place to start. What do you have right now? What are your goals? What are your objectives? Really educate yourself on the terms, the different types, and then you can confidently go forward. I think what happens sometimes is we hear, you know, a podcast like this or something and you start to be like, oh my gosh, like I'm missing out. Like I haven't done it yet. And, and so you make quick decisions, right? You literally open up the app on your phone and you're like, and you're saying, do not do that. No, you know, take your time. Like we talked about investing is long term, which means you don't have to do this all tomorrow. You just need to pick one thing and get started today and do another thing the next day or the next week and then start, you know, contributing. And as you learn, you get comfortable. So think about when you learn how to ride a bike, if you know how to ride a bike or swimming, right? You didn't just get into the pool and become Michael Phelps or you didn't just start, you know, like riding your bike down the hill without falling, you probably have some nicks and bruises and all that kind of stuff. And you got better over time. So that's the same way. Take your time, learn how it works, pace yourself. If you make mistakes, it's okay, right? If you you decide to sell something because you're uncomfortable with how it feels, that's okay. It's it's again, like you said, it's progress, not perfection. You know, Warren Buffett loses money all the time. He makes money all the time. It's a process. Yeah. And just so you guys know, in Bola's earlier episode, which I'll link to in the show notes, she talked about ways that you can make additional money on the side, including, you know, what you did, Bola, was you started a side hustle to help you make additional money on the side that then you could 
put into your investment portfolio. So also, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, I like my job, but I really want to find a way to supplement my income in some other way, shape or form, just listen to that first episode. Cause I feel like we, we did a good job at talking about creative ways you can do that. And I know people are, have heard probably are sick of the term side hustle, but I think at the end of the day, this comes down to kind of having a really good understanding of how much money do you make? And I think a lot of people right now are looking around at their expenses also, and they're thinking about what can I go without? So this is just sort of, I feel like a really good time to, to get your ducks in a row and, and just know what you have. And I can only speak from my own experience, like knowing who you owe, what you have, how much you make and knowing your numbers is an extremely empowering thing. So if you don't, it's, it's a great idea to do that. And, and maybe even print out like your last year of all your, you know, statements and understand where did my money go? Cause I do think that knowledge is power. And I do think the knowledge of knowing like where you spend your money, how you spend it is, is also a big piece of, of, investing too, right? Yeah, I absolutely agree. And there's always opportunities to do things differently. You know, you know, like you said, some people might be tired of the idea of a side hustle, but, you know, to earn extra income is not, you don't just have to have a side hustle. You can get a part-time job. You can find a better paying job. Um, but there's only so much you can cut back in your expenses. You're going to get to a point where you've cut what you can cut. And then the next thing you want to look at is how can I bring an extra income to put that income towards paying off debt, towards saving, towards accelerating your investment goals. It just gives you more options and more opportunities when you're able to bring in some extra money. Well, thank you, Bola, for these tips. And don't forget, you guys, that Bola goes more in depth on these tips and habits and more in her new book, which is called Grow Your Money, Learn How Investing Works. It's out right now. And of course, to check out her website, Clever Girl Finance, which has a ton of free resources. So this is very much in line with what we're talking about. She has free online courses, a podcast, videos, and more. The whole goal is to to do your research. And these are two really good places to start. So thank you, Bola. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Females. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review. We absolutely love hearing from you all. And I'd love to know too, do you want us to keep having some money episodes? Do you find these helpful or are you more into the very strict career advice? So let me know in your comments as well when you leave us a review. And if you want to start saving $1,000 in the next 30 days, guess what? We have a free downloadable e-guide that can help you do just that. It also is pretty helpful when it comes to thinking about what money you have right now, where your money's going to. So this could also be a really good first step in all the things that Bola talked about. So again, the e-guide helps you save $1,000 in the next 30 days. And we've linked to that in the show notes as well. And a big thank you to Bola for sharing her time and wisdom today. Be sure to check out Bola's new book, Grow Your Money, Learn How Investing Works. That's out now that we also link to in the show notes. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Females. If you like what you heard, please leave us a review. We absolutely love hearing from you all. And I'd love to know too, do you want us to keep having some money episodes? Do you find these helpful or are you more into the very strict career advice. So let me know in your comments as well. Want to start saving $1,000 in the next 30 days? Guess what? We have a free downloadable e-guide that can help you do just that. It also is pretty helpful when it comes to thinking about money you have right now, where your money's going to. So this could also be a really good first step in all the things that Bola talked about. So again, the e-guide helps you save $1,000 in the next 30 days. And we've linked to that in the show notes as well. And a big thank you to Bola for sharing her time and wisdom today. Be sure to check out Bola's new book, 
grow your money, learn how investing works. That's out now that we also link to in the show notes.